This is the Word of God from the household of David Church. It is a message designed to raise men after God's own heart. Listen and be blessed. All I said for service, we started establishing the fact that altars don't expire. Either they are expired or they are destroyed. Are you with me? So, I don't want to, if you are for the second service, you get the best of the first service. But what I said, we use the illustration of Abraham on the positive side. And then we said that Abraham, in Genesis chapter 12, had an encounter with God, erected an altar in Bethel. Genesis 12. And in Genesis 28, over 100 years later, Isaac got to that spot and heaven opened upon him. He saw angels ascend and descend on a ladder. And God said, I am the God of your father Abraham. And Isaac said, God is here, I don't know it. Even though when Abraham made that altar and Abraham left, nobody came there for 100 years plus, but the transaction that happened between Abraham and God was still valid 100 years after. Because whatever is erected as an altar before God or before any other deity, they don't expire with time. And somebody walking away from them, so there is a family altar, for instance, and then you go to Germany. That does not mean the spirit will not influence you there. There's no distance in the spirit realm. Are you getting what I'm saying? So I just use Abraham to illustrate that fact that it, 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 it holds. Isaac just got there and realized that the, whatever happened between Abraham and, his God, and God, between his grandpa and God, was still active when he got to that place. So this morning, I want to speak briefly. Somebody sent me a message from Germany. Man, he's he watching now. He said, you mentioned yesterday, because I spoke, he said, I want to hear how to tear down an altar. He's, a, he's in Germany. He's a partner with this church, and he's watching, and I said, I want to hear. So that is what I want to talk about briefly. <laughs> Hallelujah. But understand where we stop for service. There are things you can do that will influence your family positively. People have dwelt so much on the negative side. But God sees not only an individual, but a family. So, we stop for service at Psalm 22 verse 30. A seed will serve him. And it will be accounted for a generation. In other words, there is an altar erected by a seed. There is a service rendered by a seed. That God reckons with that seed generation by the virtue of one seed, what one seed has done. A seed means a member of a family can do something that we enter a generation's account. Did you get that? And then, again, to illustrate this. Oh, you can sit down. God bless you. Thank you. Welcome to church. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. A priest... And remember, we started the Bible saying that he has made us kings and priests, all of us. So if you are born again, you are a priest and you are a king. And a priest and king, if you are a priest or you are a king, whatever happens to you affects your domain. So you have the power to stop not only satanic attacks, but blunders and errors of the past. So we stopped their first service and I saw the people were praying. It is possible for your predecessors to have made some certain mistakes in their judgment, errors of judgment, 
Many people have parents. Maybe case of infidelity. Maybe loss of money or fortune. Maybe misplacement of priority along the line. There is a way that they think and bend from top and begin to affect everybody. Not only about demon spirit alone, but about wrong decisions at times. So there are demonic attacks. There are also whispers. There is a way that seems right on the map, but the Bible says the end is a way of destruction. Parents and people do make choices at times that at the end of the day it does not really benefit the family. It can take them backward. But there are provisions in Christ for corrections of all kinds. And that's what we are looking at this morning. So, but I'm starting with the father. There is something. So a seed can serve him and it can be a God. There is a mystery in God that he can take what a man is doing and make it go around and accept it as though a family is doing it. So we can actually, as a church, if we find Igbos among us, Aousas among us, South-South among us, Ijos among us, we can come together and worship God on behalf of Nigeria and God will take it as if Nigeria has worshipped him. You don't get that. Somebody, are you following me? Because when God looks at him, he sees beyond the man. So in Hebrews chapter 7, whatever is true must also have root in New Testament. Hebrews chapter 7. I want to show you first of all. Look at if you start from verse, around that verse 9. Bible talking about Abraham. When Abraham gave tithe to Melchizedek, the Bible said that not only Abraham, Levi, Levi, remember Abraham, fourth generation, Isaac, second generation, Jacob, third generation. It was Jacob that gave back to Levi, fourth generation. But the Bible says, as I may say, so Levi also received tithe, paid tithe in Abraham. So when Abraham met Melchizedek, he was yet to give back to Isaac, not to talk of Jacob, not to talk of Levi. But the Bible says that transaction between Abraham and God that day, God reckoned that not only was Abraham giving tithe to me, I am seeing Levi giving tithe to me. So if you stand before God later at the end of the day, or if you stood before him then, God would have answered you this way, Levi, he has paid tithe. He paid when Abraham paid. Did you get that? That must be the principle that 1 Corinthians chapter 7 is talking about in marriage. And this is what gives believers effrontery to want to make a, to want to stand in the gap for our family. Now, Bible says that an unbelieving wife can be sanctified by a believing husband. An unbelieving husband, there is a husband is an unbeliever. But if he's married to a woman who is believer, who is a believer, whatever is going on in her life can take care of her husband. Look at this one. It's very strong. First Corinthians 7, 14. You want to know how powerful redemption is. Because when this meeting is over, Hayabala, altars any other altar. The way to destroy one altar is not to go and remove something from it. It's to erect a higher altar. There is a higher priesthood that we have in Christ. And through it, but it's just that most of us don't use what we have. I told you, every promise in God's word is like a weapon. A weapon is of no use if you don't fire it. I have seen when people will say that, you see, I'm the new creation in Christ. It's true. But they have refused to use it to address issues in their life. After what those issues ch choke them, and somebody don't even believe anything, they say, hey, but it's not true. For the unbelieving husband, what's the next word there? Say it together, please. Say it like you are alive. By what? So if God finds a believing wife 
He can through us sanctify the unbelieving husband. Is that what the spirit is saying? What about if God finds a believing son? Can he sanctify the unbelieving father? If it's a principle, it has to hold true at all times. Paul brought this mystery. In other words, I am looking at my grandpa has done a lot of jazz and things and he has brought demons into the family. Yes, they will operate until I have this understanding that I am also a priest. I can erect another altar and that altar will destroy the altar that they have. So my father... So let's say my grandpa is still alive, let's say he's still alive and he's not born again. There are things I can begin to do here. There is a way I can praise God. And God will say, the family of Oshumakide has praised me. This is why at times, you don't appear before God as yourself. You appear in the name of your family. Father, I thank you for the Adegoyes we are here. And you need a boy, it's just only you. One of the instructions we receive first time, which I've told you, people are going for deliverance and sometimes, see, I'm not against the even though I don't believe in excess of and now Africans are taking it. But listen to me. Some, some people are hearing me right now. A direct remark from God to you is that go and start morning devotion. When you start it, an altar is a place of intercession between the spirit and the physical. It's a combination of those two things. There is always a meeting point for the spirit and the physical. When they were going to make the Ark of Covenant, which is the thing that is on the altar, and there is an altar in heaven also. I showed you last week, Revelation chapter 9, Revelation chapter 13, there is an altar in the front, front of God's throne. And when they were going to do that, you know, the God told Moses that make the Ark to be of two materials, a sheeting wood and, a, and gold, but the gold must cover the wood so that the wood is not showing. Wood represents human nature. So in order to go represent divine nature. So God was actually saying to Moses that my covenant is always of two things. Humanity and divinity. They must always come together for the power of God to be revealed on the face of the earth. Are you getting me? Humanity and divinity. Combination of those two things. So... When an altar is erected, it becomes a place. And he said, when you erect an altar, I will come and meet you. We're not in Exodus last week. Now, let's look at a man who actually physically destroyed the altar in his father's house. Judges chapter 6. Let's start from verse 25. Is somebody following me this morning? Your renovations are your skin. Kadosh, Kadosh. You are my seal on your throne. When we praise God, no wonder. Job, in Job 1 from verse 4, he was always making atonement for his family. He would say, I don't know who has sinned among the family. A believer can repent on behalf of his entire community. Because a member of that community or a member of that family has qualified him to be able to do things on behalf of that family. Just like a man will not tell you, a father or somebody will join no court and they start troubling the rest of the family. Because one member has joined. But what people don't understand is that the same thing can happen in righteousness. By the righteousness of one man, many can be made righteous. It came to pass the same night that the Lord said to him, that's Gideon, take thy father's young bullock. Now, if your Bible is just underlined that word, young bullock. Even the second bullock of seven years old, seven the Bible represents complete, perfect, perfect stuff. I said four represent balance and that is why 
there are four sacrifices that you do. Hebrews 13, 15, sacrifice of your life, which is giving praise to God. We read in Psalm 141, verse 2, that uh, uh, my, let my prayer rise like incense. And Revelation talks about that. Sacrifice of prayer, sacrifice of worship, sacrifice of seed, and sacrifice of your life, which is the most important. The sacrifice of your life affects all other sacrifices. When your life is not in order, it will affect even other things that you give. And what I ended with with first time, one of the things I want to say to you as a child that you should get yourself completely from, whatever you offer for God must be done in excellence. Please listen to me. Stop praying casually. Stop worshipping casually. It's not a sacrifice that will catch fire. And I said in first service, what about giving? How do you give? You always learn from those who have gone ahead. David said, I will not give to God what will cost me nothing. Anytime David wanted to give, he drew, he drew something out of him. Whether I want to give God worship, I'm not going to do it what cost me nothing. Just from my lips only. When believers start moving away from doing what is convenient, waking up on Sunday morning and starting to your pocket the least change that you have and drop it, you are tapping your phone and you are praying. You are worshipping God and you are watching TV. Who do you think you are talking to? These are the things. I will read Malachi, but not today. Malachi 1 and 2. I will go started complaining about their offering. There are offerings that God looks at and says, this is an insult to me. It's not a sweet-smelling flavor. flavor. The one that he did, Noah did, God responded immediately. Genesis chapter 8. Noah offered burnt offering and God said, you know what, I swear, I will never wipe up the world again with rain. And he put bow. He said, this is my covenant between me and you and every living thing. Noah was the one that offered a sacrifice on our behalf. That no matter the day, like the one that fell this morning, we are sure that there cannot be flood strong enough to wipe all of us off. One man. He came out of the ark and he just offered. And what I said to you about a seed representing him, God already did that. He started this in Noah. He told Noah, just take a type of animal to, to just take them. Seven types, a, a particular two, and then a seven. They are going to represent all other animals. There is this process in God. So he can also take one of you and represent your entire family. Can you get what I've just said? So he says, seven years old. For those sacrifices, four of them that I mentioned, take them seriously. The altar of your life, place these four things every now and then. When the first time, the Bible said that the service, fire on the altar must not go out. Leviticus 6, 12, Leviticus 6, 13. That the fire must burn continually. And that is the, that's your sacrifice. You see, you don't do certain things once and stop. You don't do it haphazardly. We came to erect an altar of worship as a congregation to God yesterday and then many of us gave also. It's what we do every month. There must be a point of contact. Now in your personal life, also, you can have several altars. What we did yesterday was a combined altar because some things will be dealt with at a combined level. But personally, so at times some of you are listening to me. You need to go and Israelize money devotion in your house. As you begin to worship God every morning, an altar is erected supernaturally. It tramples and destroys any other thing that has been ahead of you that is not good. And if they don't want to join you, why don't you just start? Especially if you are doing it in the same family house or the other, it's beautiful. But if they are not around, do it on behalf of everybody. But if they can join, let them join. There are couples listening to me. Now, I see this a word of knowledge and a prophetic word for a couple. The reason why you have not enjoyed so much victory in your marriage is that you don't pray together. One we chase a thousand. You know what happens between you and your wife when you both wake up in the morning? I love you, Lord, and you are walking around your sitting room together praying, not in your room. If God will open your eyes to see 
Like Abraham, you have just erected an altar, you are pouring oil on it. Every altar must be serviced regularly. And the quality of what you put on the altar matters a lot. Quality. Ah. What may Solomon to offer one twenty thousand? He must have learned it from David that when it comes to God, you have to do something that gets his attention. But the highest sacrifice is Jesus, right? It's under that's why they, they everything in Old Testament was pointed to Jesus. They were already told in Old Testament that this altar must be built on stone, of stone. He said, art or stone. He said, but if it's a stone, it must be a stone that no chisel, no metal has touched. It must be a raw stone. Now, what was God trying to say? Christ is the cornerstone. That every sacrifice must be built on Jesus Christ. He is the foundation. We give in him and by him. So he is the foundation. When you put the stone, then you can now put wood, which is yourself. Since we are going to live long, <laughs> we will come back to it. <laughs> I mean, are you not going to be alive? Uh-huh. By the power of the Holy Spirit, all of us will be alive. So we will come back to it. When you know you are going to be alive, you don't rush. Because we'll be alive. Please give me Judges 6 back. Judges 6, 25. Take your father. I said, take thy father's young bullock, even the second bullock, seven years old, and throw down the altar of bow that thy father at, and call down the group that is by it. Group was another kind of female object, kind of worship object. Now, verse 26. And build an altar unto the Lord thy God on the top of this rock. Now, Jesus was here to die. So, remember there is only one rock of ages. So, God was trying to help Gideon ahead of time to represent Christ, you to rock. Did you get that? Because the altar of God must be built on Jesus Christ. Now, it says, on, on top of this rock, the other place. Take the second bullock. That means two. One. Then he said, take another one and sacrifice with the wood of the groom. So what was God that thou, thou shalt call down? He said, Gideon, there is an altar in your father's house. This is how to deal with the altar. He said, first of all, take a bull for yourself. Seven years old, perfect. Jesus Christ. That means if any man be in Christ, that you must be in Christ first. That's the first one. Take a bull. In other words, put in your mouth the finished works of Christ. That by the sacrifice of Jesus, you have been set free. When you hold on to that, then you are qualified to face any other altar and tear it down. The first bull is for you. The second bull is for the sacrifice. And the first bull is Jesus. I get what I'm saying. A young bullock representing the sacrifice of the blood of the Lamb, spotless blood. And he said, when you do that, then tear down your father's altar. And Gideon did. In other words, anyone who has laid hold of an altar of worship, of prayer, of giving, of seed, and of yourself in your life. If you are built and rooted on the finished works of Jesus Christ, you are energized to be able to face any other altar. As a matter of fact, you might not need to address those altars more as you elevate the highest altar, all other altars will disappear. When the altar of God is left isolated, other altars will come, they will creep in. Lights 
must be put on permanently if you don't want darkness. You cannot switch off in between. When I see Christians who are not consistent, I hear debate upon debate on tithes. I'm not a theologian. Anybody can say anything he likes. But blessed are those who are consistent in the things they do with God. You will understand that God does not joke. And I'm saying to everybody watching me right now, do you wake up to pray 5 a.m.? Why will you pray today and not pray tomorrow? Consistency. That's the key. Do you fast once in a week? Why will you stop? As soon as you have located a point of contact, it's like you are pouring oil. Anytime you do it over and over again. And the fire must be fresh. The oil must be fresh. Must be fresh. Must be very fresh. These four things I said. Four is always very important. So, the best Christians are those who offer these four sacrifices regularly. There is a sacrifice of praise from you forever. Hebrews 13, 15. There is a sacrifice of prayer. There is a sacrifice of seed. And there is a sacrifice of your life. Every now and then, you have offered yourself as a living sacrifice. You watch your life. You do what is concerned with God. Then you want this four, because four, I told you first, first, uh, first, first service, four represent balance. God created the act of covenant, act of covenant. He said four priests must carry, because there were four poles. Or two poles, but four ends. So four priests, they must carry. That was what Uzzah did, that he died. The ark was supposed to be on the shoulder of four men. Two at the front, two at the back. But they put it on a new chart. Not on the shoulders of men again. Then he stumbled and Uzzah touched it and he died. Maybe when he stumbled, a part of it opened and that killed Uzzah. Because the, the box, the ark of covenant was one thing. And God told Moses, Exodus 25, to put the mercy seat on top of the ark of covenant. They were the same dimension, both length and breadth. So the mercy seat was of pure gold because that represents God and no humanity in God in that sense. So, but the covenant represents something between God and man. So they must use gold and wood. Wood for man, gold for God. But for the ark of covenant, it was just purely God. The angels on it, or the cherubim, also two of them. Even though God has two of them to be there, but the cherubs in heaven are four. There are four living creatures around God. There's something about God and four. So God, four living creatures around him. And each of those living creatures, they have four faces. The face of a man, face of an eagle, face of an ox, and the face of a lion. You don't want to go to God's throne. You might die. You want a creature looking at you that has four faces. And these beings are gigantic. Those who are praying, Lord, take me on a visit to heaven. You don't know what you're asking for. Except he asked you. Imagine when John saw it in John chapter 4. Ezekiel said in Ezekiel chapter 1, Ezekiel fainted. How do you see mighty beings with eyes all over them and each one four faces? If he's looking at you with the face of a lion, what will you do? So again, I'm sorry. <laughs> now, Papa God, I won't come visit. <laughs> that shows the guys guiding God's throne. And they were told, so two of them also were the ones that came to the Garden of Eden and to prevent man from going back inside the garden. They were not angry with man. They were helping man. People don't know why they came down to the garden. They, with flaming sword, turning every side, they prevented man from going back to the garden. When man sinned, if man, you remember there were two trees at the center of the garden, tree of knowledge of good and evil, and tree of life. Man went for the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and it became knowledgeable. The tree of life was that tree that would have made man to live forever. 
Now, if man had eaten the tree of life before the knowledge of good and evil, life would have embodied man and he wouldn't be able to die. So when he ate the tree of knowledge of good and evil, he became one with Satan. He became a sinner. In that sinful state, if he should grab the tree of life to eat also, redemption will be impossible forever. Man's doom will be sealed forever. So when he, ate, when he ate the tree of knowledge of good and evil, God out of his mercy sent the angel that so that man can be saved, protect man. Send him away from the garden, let him not be able to go back again. Otherwise, he hits the tree of life as a sinner, he lives forever and is irredeemable like demons. Demons who don't die. So thank God for those cherubs. So they are also the ones on the ark facing each other and looking down the ark like this. And God put the law inside the ark and put mercy on top of law. So that when you want to see God, you see God through mercy. Because it is not of him that willeth, it is of God that showed mercy. But when the ark shook and Uzzah touched it, probably the mercy scene shook. And he looked into the ark without mercy. And he died without mercy. That was what happened when the ark was captured. And they put it in the house of Dagon. The Philistines opened the ark and they looked inside. Thousands of them died for nothing. Because they were looking at God without Jesus Christ. Because the only way you can see the Father and see him accurately and you live is to see him through Christ. That was why I told Moses that if you want to see my back, I'm going to put you inside the rock and cover you. That rock is Jesus Christ. Inside Jesus, we see God with an open face. Glory to God. Is someone blessed? Thank God for Jesus Christ. Glory to God. Thank God for Jesus Christ. By the same sacrifice, we can now begin to command all others. Even sometimes you don't even need to talk about those others. As you offer yourself and offer the sacrifice on your own altar, it stands above every other altar and it destroys them. When Elijah wanted to bring down fire, that was the first thing. He began to repair the altar of God. When Jezebel came, he destroyed the altar. When the altar of God is destroyed, evil spirit will come around. Their darkness, the absence of light is directly equal to darkness. What is absence of light? How come Jezebel started ruling over Israel? There was no altar again. When Elijah started complaining, first, first, first King 19, he said, Lord, they have thrown down thy altar, they've killed all your prophets. That is why that woman is reigning. When the altar of God is pulled down in Nigeria, darkness will reign. And reign very well. And this is what the enemy shoots for. When you, the priest in your family, your hands are down. When Moses', was, Moses hands were down, the Amalekites were winning. When his hands were up, may your hand never go down. May you not give God any kind of offering that he will look at and say, are you insulting me? Malachi chapter 1 and chapter 2. So you are praising God, you are sitting there casually there, you are just, the praise is not, it's not even touching your body, not to talk of touching God. You are praying, there are prayers and there are prayers. You are praying, Lord, you know, as I, as I was saying, man, you know, we just ask you, Father, you know, you know, you are, there are prayers. There is a sacrifice of prayer. Hallelujah. Hey, men and brethren, every morning start bringing somebody to the altar. Hallelujah. You know, the Lord is seeking for all of us to check our roots very well. If your altar is intact, these four things I mentioned, praise, prayer, seed, and yourself, they are like the four horns on the altar. If the horns are standing well and your altar is standing well, there is no enemy that can overcome you. If there is setback at all, you will bounce back beyond the setback because your altar is in place. Somebody, I will never forget, somebody in this church, because I will mention the person, is one of the leaders 
where she works. The boss for many years has been taking things. It's a, it's a bank. And nobody could catch him. And the people do that in Nigeria. So diabolical that whatever they do, you won't even see it. One day, EFCC came to the office and they came to arrest him. Somehow, they just, when they arrived, as they came into the office, he just picked his phone and called their own town. And he asked that, is that fire still burning? And they said that it's gone. He just submitted himself. He knew that for them to have discovered, I think he kept a secret fire somewhere, being watched over by somebody. I know that some Yoruba warriors, when they were going to battle, they asked them to, the most trusted wife. I saw, you know, I used to, the film I like, when it's all this, Afri I don't like African magic, but I like if it's an epic movie. I love knowing where humanity is coming from. I've seen Lisha, I've seen Shaw. I love those Asians. And one, I'm at the, I've seen whether I watch all of them. Once it's an Asian movie, things fall apart. If it's an Asian movie, I want to know what used to happen to men in those days. This guy was the most, he was the most powerful warrior in his time. Then he went to marry uh, the, the last wife. And the last wife was from the tribe he was going to fight, and he did not know. A city captured him, moved to another, moved to another city, and then he met her and married her. And the people that that one was going to fight, they came to meet where they sent delegates. Your husband is fear. Nobody can face him. We know we are doomed that he's fighting our city. But he must have a secret. Help us. We are your people. If you don't, your sisters are in the village. They are kidnapping everybody. They are going to capture everybody. And the man was enjoying the new wife and told her one day, when I'm going to battle, there is a lantern. He said, he stays in this corner, in his powerhouse. He said, you pour oil every now and then, every 14 hours. He said, if, I, he said, if that fire does not go down, if they kill the entire army, I can appear back in the house and prepare for the war. But I can never be killed. My life is in that fire money. And they got to the battle and he was winning. And this second wife, this last wife, two, last wife, took the lantern and switched it off. I remember as the two arrows hit him, he just shouted, the fire of my mothers are dead. He said, the fire of my mother, of my grandmother, he said, it's gone. And he fell down. That was the last thing that came out of his mouth. And of course, others took him. They just ran away. Secrets. Thank God what carries us, the blood of Jesus, there's no secret that can demystify it. Because it's not on earth. Jesus did not carry his blood to any altar. Because man could have been funny. So Jesus took his own blood to the altar in heaven. So anybody that won't do or desecrate or do something about what Jesus has done, you have to go to heaven, fight Michael, fight all of them, where you conquer them, fight God, where you conquer them, then do something about the blood. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Oh, somebody lift up your two hands. This is time to make a loud pronunciation. Make a loud, begin to say it loud. I belong to the highest altar. Oh, because I have seen it in God's word as I've been shown this morning. Say it loud and clear that I can do things that can affect every other person in my family. From the highest altar of the blood of Jesus, I make a declaration. Every other altar and their activities are paralyzed. I am from the higher priesthood. Superior priesthood. Our altar is the highest. And from that altar, I speak mercy to my family. I speak progress. I speak reconciliation. I speak. Somebody speak. But I must shut up. Paritofobo shalamandala baras. 
Mistake is correct. Be corrected right now. I am from a higher priesthood. I lay hold on the sacrifice of Jesus. And from that altar I shout enough to every other altar. Not only on my behalf, everybody connected to me. Our sacrifice is stronger. So he sits above all other sacrifices. He destroys them. He dismissifies them. Respect authority. Say it loud and clear from the highest of I come in the name of Jesus. From the highest altar, when Jesus erected the altar, I was in him. I am still in him. If Levi paid time through Abraham, I also sacrifice through Jesus. Our altar is the highest, our altar is the strongest, our altar is the most powerful. No other altar can stand where our altar is. In the name of Jesus, I come from the higher priesthood. Whatever keeps others from not giving back on time, whatever keeps others from not being productive, whatever keeps others in poverty, whatever keeps others in sickness, number one, I'm liberated. Number two, others are liberated for my sake. In the name of Jesus. Receive your babies now. Receive your jobs now. Receive your progress now. Receive your health now. In the name of Jesus. Receive your blessings now. Receive your blessings now. I speak blessing to my family. To my father, to my mother, by the principle of higher priesthood, from the highest altar, from the highest altar, altar that is not in this world, altar that is in the heaven, at the throne of God, built by the blood of Jesus. 
in Lamb of God, slain before the foundation of the earth. In his name, I come today. I speak to my generations past. I speak to my generations to come. This righteousness affects all of you. It undoes everything Satan has done or is planning to do or is doing right now. By the I am rod of the I am priesthood. In the name of Jesus, generation past. I speak to you. Errors are corrected. Mistakes are corrected. In the name of Jesus. Oh, see family set it, being set free. Oh, see the glory of God rising upon homes. People are now walking in prosperity, walking in God's plan, walking in God's will. No more misfortune. Hallelujah. Two minutes more, everybody raise your voice and speak. Holy Katiza. Glory to God in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I'm saying something now. Now, this is more than seven families that this is happening right now as we are speaking. Those who sit, who represent darkness, the custodians of those wicked things, who try to control others, I see many of them being shifted right now. I hear them complain of a strange fire. Glory to God, their altars are destroyed. Right now, this week, many people will hear from because somebody is trying to start to say, No, but the Lord is removing, He's just taking them out of the way, taking them out of the way. Something stronger is coming. And there's a new direction for the family for your sake. It's a new day. Whatever has been has expired. There's a new order coming. Roto There are people here that uncles and people will come and apologize to. In this very June we are entering, they are coming to apologize. Because now, whatever thing is broken. As some of you started praying, something like fire was coming, mingled with blood, and going to those places, and effecting changes. As a result, there will be many of your family members that will record huge success in this month of June that we are entering from you to several others around you. 
there is a woman there. Your husband has been behaving like somebody under a spell. He is. But in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, wherever it is because you represent him here, that spell is broken right now. Everything I have pronounced, everything I have pronounced, I settled on everybody except those who are not born again. I don't need to say them again. If you make it right with Christ right now, it sets who's on you just as I said on others. But it cannot benefit you. A man cannot, you cannot, you cannot enter the kingdom of God except you are born of water and of spirit. If you are not born again, you cannot participate in the things that are meant only for the sons of the kingdom. And if you are not sure also, a double-minded man will not receive anything. Come to the altar right now if you need to give a life to Christ. I'm going to be very fast about it. I don't ask people to close eyes when, when I'm making altar call. You want to receive, come right away, right away. God brought you here. Today is your day. Today is your day. Today is your day. Sing that song. By the blood of the way. Jesus, I come to you. I offer my life to you. I believe that you died and you rose again. I confess with my mouth that you are the Son of God, that you are Lord, that you died and rose again. I accept you into my life as my Lord and my Savior from today forevermore. Amen. Hallelujah. God bless you. Thank you. Follow that sister over there. Every word has spoken rests on all of you.